Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. And welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you for the next two hours. Thanks so much for staying up late with us here on the Voice of St. Louis Camelax. I've got a lot of stuff to dive into here this evening, but I do have to mention this first. I, I get I get a lot of teasing from the legal community for being right here on Camelax. I, I have a lot of judges that like to tease me. I get a lot of other attorneys that like to tease me. And the only reason I'm mentioning this is... Some of the most teasing I get is from one of my very own law partners, Mike Harris. And I just occurred to me this evening, and you'll see the point why I'm bringing this up. Uh, The reason why I think he likes to tease me, and it really came out tonight when I was leaving the office to come here to the station, is that people come up to him and say, hey, Mike Harris, I heard your partner Brad Young on X, and he said some amazing things. And then... You know, Mike feels kind of like, well, I could say some amazing things too. And so I think there's I think there's some of that going on. So tonight when I'm leaving, Mike was kind of again, my law partner Mike Harris was kind of just expressing regret that his name isn't said on the radio enough and he complains if they don't if he doesn't hear the name of the law firm because his name is in there. So I told him, "Listen, Mike, I want to start the show tonight. I'm going to give you some credit. I'm going to say Mike Harris, Mike Harris, Mike Harris. There, see, we've gotten a month out of that, and I won't have to deal with that again for the rest of the evening. So I got that out of the way. So uh, the rest of the evening is dedicated to you. And, in fact, we as every week we've got stories to go through. There's nothing I like better than receiving calls uh, from listeners talking about ideas. Uh, one person just texted in right now, what kind of law do you practice? Uh, and that was Mary Lynn. Thank you, Mary Lynn. Uh, I, my firm is employment law, and we represent companies in employment law situations. For example, some of my clients are Domino's, McDonald's, a lot of trucking companies, uh, Best Buy. Uh, for a long time, I represented Frito-Lay. Uh, so a, a lot of insurance companies. So that's the area of our practice. But one of the things I truly love about being part of the X community is 
I get to discuss and dive into issues that I don't necessarily get to deal with on a daily basis. So that's one of the many reasons why I like being here with you right here on Camo X. So today is National Package Protection Day, and I want to bring in Matt Pajeski, producer extraordinaire. And, you know, Matt, have you ever had, and, and let me set this up a little bit better, National Package Protection Day is set up because people are starting to order Christmas gifts, uh, things are delivered from Amazon, uh, FedEx, the Postal Service, you name it. And we sometimes have a problem with porch pirates. Have you ever been the victim of a porch pirate? No, I have not, Brad. Do you even know of anybody who has? I don't think so. See, I don't either. And I thought thought maybe it was I don't know enough people or something because I always hear anecdotal evidence of people getting packages stolen, but I've never experienced it. You know what has been stolen? What's that? Halloween decorations. Halloween? Oh, oh, from your house? Yeah. Well, yeah, because, of course, we talked about this in October at, at the Pajeski <laughs> household. It's Halloween extraordinaire there. So you, you've you had Halloween decorations stolen. It's, it's been a long time, but people have taken skeletons and pumpkins and, you know, nothing too really? expensive. But it just, it's just a horrible thought to think that, you know, you, you put in a lot of time and effort to setting up the, 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 uh, the decorations and making yeah. it look nice. And then, you know, some jerk comes by with his buddies probably and thinks it's funny to smash a pumpkin or or take a skeleton off the uh, off the hay bales in the yard but it's just it just really uh, brings me down. Oh, I see that's 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 awful. Yeah. And have you had to you haven't had to resort to putting up cameras have you? No, we, we do not. Okay, well, you might want to look into that uh, <laughs> next year. But and you you've heard me tell this, but when I read this story today about National Package Protection Day, it just reminded me of when I was a kid growing up in Southern Illinois. My dad was a coal miner. He was a shade tree electrician, and he kept a refrigerator on the back of uh, the back porch of his house. And in that refrigerator, he kept large quantities of Anheuser Busch products. And uh, after long after I'd moved to St. Louis, started practicing law, kids apparently in the neighborhood started figuring out that hey, at the young household. Uh, there's free beer if you go after 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So he got, he started drawing up plans because people were stealing his beer. This was before Amazon, or he probably would have done the same thing, the, the popularity of Amazon. He probably would have done the same thing with porch pirates uh, had he lived that long. But he devised this plan, he even showed me the schematics, where he was going to electrify the refrigerator. And he had it wired with 220, and he had a plate that was going to go in front of the refrigerator covered by some sort of a, a, a skimpy mat that would not be uh, an insulator for electricity. So his idea was is that when kids would step on that pad and open the door to the fridge, that they would be cooked like a Thanksgiving turkey. And that, and that was his plan, and he had it all drawn up, and he was telling me about it, and I said, Dad, you, you, you can't do that. And, of course, we argued about this for a while, and and finally I said to him, listen, did you get your law degree at a coal mine? No, you didn't. Uh, I have a law degree, and I'm telling you, you're going to get sued if some kid gets hurt because they're stealing beer out of, out, of their, out of your fridge. And his response was, well, if they're stealing beer out of my fridge, and this was a good argument, he said, 
aren't they assuming the risk when they're stealing beer that I'm going to do something? And I gave them an A for creative lawyering. That was that, that was a good argument, right? They are assuming the risk, but unfortunately, uh, the, the statutes and case law in every state are the same on this, and you cannot use deadly force uh, in situations where someone's life is not at stake. So if you're in the house sleeping comfortably and someone's stealing beer out of the fridge, you can't mount a howitzer out there to blow them away. You can't you can't you can't do that. Uh, because what's gonna happen is I told my dad, you're the one that's gonna end up going to jail, not the kids who are stealing the beer, uh, because you know, they're gonna be they're gonna be smoking like uh uh, like Wile E. Coyote in in a in the uh, in the cartoons, you know, where he gets blown up by something made by Acme, and he's smoldering, and and uh, uh, and charcoal briquettes are falling off of him. You can't do that to kids stealing beer out of your fridge. But had he been around today, I, I'm sure that he would have devised a way to electrify the porch pirates. But had he come up with that, I would have said, "Well, Dad, how do you?" F- how do you rectify this? If it will electrify the people who are stealing the packages, wouldn't it also electrify the people who are delivering the packages? Uh, and so we never got to have that conversation, but uh, I'm sure that he would have devised a way to get around that. Hey, coming up in the next hour, and I want to talk about this throughout the evening. We've got lots of stories to cover. But there was a poll that came out this week, and I want to make sure that the phone lines are open for this or, or anything else on your mind, and that's this. Have you ever worked for a horrible boss? Uh, there's some polling came out from the Harris Polling Company about how many people have worked for horrible bosses, what makes a horrible boss, how do you respond to someone who's a horrible boss. Now, listen, I'm a boss. I I'm I run my law firm. Uh, I'm hoping that none of my employees were part of this poll uh, because uh, it's it's not pretty. So, if you've worked for a terrible, horrible, despicable boss, I want to hear about that this evening. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. We'll be back right for this on at your service. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening. And uh, I had Mary Lynn text back, and she said, well, could you at least give them a little shock? I mean, don't kill them, but make them think twice about coming back. Uh, you know, Mary Lynn, that's a great idea. And uh, and that's an idea that my dad also floated. But it would be very difficult to control the amount of voltage through that. I'm not saying it couldn't be done. You'd have to set up some capacitors, and it would get more complicated. And uh, and then, you know, what constitutes a little shock? Uh, that, that's a great question. So I think that you could legally if you just shocked them. The problem is that you're just opening yourself up as a homeowner to a lot of different liability situations. For example, if the kid has a heart condition, uh, if the kid has a as grabs on to the refrigerator and can't let go, and even though it's a mild shock, he can't he can't release it because his muscles are are contracting because of the voltage. I mean, there's so many things that could go wrong with that scheme. Uh, it, it just really isn't worth it. And, and I know right now, as I'm telling you this, you're probably thinking, yeah, leave it to the lawyers to stop us from doing what needs to be done. And I'm in complete agreement that if kids are stealing from you, whether it's beer or packages, you got to put a stop to it. But I was just cautioning him uh, as I'm cautioning you to make sure that you don't get yourself in a, in a, certainly in a bad way. So uh, keep that in mind. Speaking of a bad way, I reached out to Tim Fitch today. He's in a good way. He, uh, but the county, St. Louis County is in a bad way. Let, let me explain. So what happened on November 14th is that a settlement was reached between former county councilman Tim Fitch and St. Louis County. And here's what happened. Let me give you the backdrop. And then I want to tell you what happened just to show you how, uh, how really how our tax dollars are completely being wasted by St. Louis County for no reason other than malice, other than trying to take revenge on political enemies. And this is a great example of that. So Tim Fitch was a longtime, a longtime uh, chief of police for St. Louis County. And then he was getting a pension because he was in retirement. And then he ran for the county council. And when he did that, Steve Stanger, remember Steve Stanger? Uh, you know, he's the guy that's currently living at the Gray Bar Motel. At this point, Steve Stanger said, well, you're now an employee. You're an employee of St. Louis County as a councilman. And so we're going to stop your pension. Well, he had to sue for that. And once he sued the county in 2022, the county circuit judge rejected the county's argument by ruling that the county retirement ordinances do not apply to elected officials. In other words, it applies if you become a regular employee of the county, but an elected official is not considered an employee. It's an elected official under the statutes. So with that in mind, there was an agreement that was reached with Sam Page, and this was going back to June of 2022. An agreement was reached just to pay Tim Fitch 
what he was due, what he was owed in his pension that was being withheld. And at the time, that was $260,000. So Tim said, listen, I'll settle with you. Just pay me what I'm owed, not a penny more. I'll take care of my own legal fees, and we'll call it a day. And Sam Page agreed to it. But here's what's interesting. Shortly after winning the Democrat primary in August of 2022, right after that happened, Sam Page changed his mind and decided that the county would appeal this ruling. And so it's been dragging out in the courts for the last year and a half. So let me give you an idea. So keep in mind, from last, just last year, June of 2022, this case could have been settled with Tim Fitch for $260,000. That was the amount of his pension that had been withheld. But because of that, the settlement now is a total, and let me add this all up for you, $339,000 to Tim Fitch, number one, and that's the amount that it owed him for four years of his pension. But secondly, the county has to pay him an additional $105,000 in interest going back four years where his pension was withheld. And on top of that, the county has to pay an additional $160,000 to pay Tim Fitch's legal fees. Now, let me be very straight with you. I always like it when the lawyers get paid, all right? I mean, when the legal bills are paid, that's not a bad thing. And, of course, I'm being somewhat facetious. However, if you think about it from a fiscal responsibility perspective, when the county could have settled this case a year and a half ago for $260,000, now now it's going to cost them upwards of a half a million dollars to settle this all because of animosity, all because of of uh, trying to go against your political enemies. I mean, people people criticized Richard Nixon in the 70s for going after his political enemies, but how is this any different? You know, we saw during the, the we saw a lot during the Obama administration where you had IRS officials going after people who were identified as conservatives, going after not-for-profit organizations that happened to have the word patriot in them. That's just going against political enemies. I think the IRS chief's name was Lois Lerner, and, and she was specifically targeting conservative groups with audits because she didn't like conservatives. How is this any different? Going after Tim Fitch just because... He opposed Sam Page on the St. Louis County Council. And in addition to all of this, the 339000 going to Tim Fitch, the 105000 in interest, and the $160,000 in legal fees, St. Louis County had to pay not only their own attorneys to litigate this, but they had to pay outside attorneys an additional $17,000. When you add all this up, it's well over a half a million dollars Half of that could have been saved had the case simply been settled according to what the county circuit judge ruled in June of 2022. Folks, that is your tax dollars at work. And I've had a lot of folks here who have been texting in. One one person said, I'm thrilled for Mr. Fitch. We have another that uh, Steve Stanger was a something that I can't say on the air. 
and, and a crook. Uh, so we've got a lot of other texts here that I'll be going through when we hit this upcoming break. But uh, that's your tax dollars at work. And that kind of fits in with what we were talking about in terms of the boss situation, horrible bosses. And when we come back from this break, I'm going to go through the results of this poll about what it what is a bad boss. In other words, what what does a boss do that makes him or her terrible, horrible, despicable, uh, any adjective that you would like to add? But I really want to hear from you because I I've only I've never really worked for a bad boss. Uh, Matt Pajeski and I were talking off the air. He really hasn't either. Uh, I worked for a boss that was kind of clueless in one area, and I'll share a story about that with you after the break, but I've never really had a bad boss. One person texted in, I once had I once had a female boss tell me, you would be such a pretty girl if you did something with your hair, and that was during uh, this person's yearly review. You know, we have a we have a word for that now. It's it's called discrimination. That's what that's called. And keep in mind, I do employment law. And if you're in, I don't care if it's a male or a female, if you're in an interview telling a female employee that they would do better in their job if they had prettier hair, that folks, that's a problem. Uh, and that's when that's when the companies call me and then my firm comes in and helps them through the quagmire. But tell me about one of your bad bosses. I'd like to hear about it. 314-436-7900 on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Don't go away. Welcome back to At Your Service. And we're, we're talking about terrible bosses. And a, a poll came out last week. Harris poll that that basically said that everybody, almost everybody, has dealt with terrible bosses at one time or another. According to this poll, 71% of workers reported that they had a toxic boss at one point or another in their careers. And 31% of respondents, this is a nationwide poll, 31% are currently working for a toxic boss. And so as I'm diving in and going, drilling down into this this polling data, I will tell you that the first thing that occurred to me is, well, what makes what makes a toxic boss? Because to some extent, there's always some degree of animosity. Some I won't say always, but oftentimes there is between a supervisor, a manager and a regular employee simply because. Uh, just the, the difference in nature of what they do. And everyone in America, including all of you that's listening, including me who's talking, everyone thinks that they're overworked and underpaid. All right. That's just that's just a universal concept. And yet that's not necessarily what makes a toxic boss. But what does? What does? And 51 percent, I'm going in order of this poll, but before I jump into this, I want to bring back in Matt Matt Pajeski. Matt, what would you say makes a toxic boss? Now, you you may not have ever worked for one, but if you can just imagine what would be a toxic boss to you. To me, a toxic boss would be somebody who does not communicate well with their employees and maybe has not worked in that position before and doesn't truly understand mm-hmm. their employees' uh, e- emotions, motives. 
you, you could go more extreme, uh, a boss who is not abiding by company policies and, mm-hmm. and, and rules and the, the, the office norms, things like that. If they're openly rude, they criticize employees in front of other employees. I think that's ho- a horrible thing to do. That's just a few of the many things that yeah, a toxic and, boss could do. Right. And one of the things you mentioned that I want to come back to is you mentioned a boss who doesn't follow the rules. And that that type of hypocrisy, I think, can really drive people crazy because isn't the feeling that if this rule applies to me, why doesn't it apply to you? Sure. Yeah. You lead by example. And if yeah. uh, if the guy up top's not going to follow the rules, then why should anybody else? Exactly. Exactly. And and so, and in fact, I checked a couple of check marks while you were saying this because all many of the things you said are in this poll. But 51% said that a toxic boss sets unreasonable expectations. You, you could see that, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. That To me, that goes back to... Uh, to the boss not having uh, maybe the experience with the with their employees' level of expertise, maybe they don't they don't understand what their employees are capable of. If they set these mm-hmm. high expectations, that to me shows that they don't really even know like the ins and outs of the job. Because if they're setting these high expectations, and that just to me shows that they don't understand the qualifications of of their employees or or uh, what the day to day tasks are like. Exactly, and and the next highest number, forty nine percent say that a toxic boss or a horrible boss gets too involved in the details of my job when it isn't necessary. And I'll tell you, one of the things that, that I do with, with my employees is I try to give them the ultimate goal and leave it up to them in terms of how they reach that goal. So to me, that, that gets around this idea of being involved in too many details because I'm not telling them how to do their job. I'm telling them this is the goal that I want you to reach as you do the job. And if you got questions, if you want to ask me about it, if you have problems reaching those goals, that's fine. Let's talk about it. Let's work on it. Let's come up with a solution. But I, I can see where that, uh, that, that could be a problem. Have you ever been, Matt, in a workplace? And, of course, we're not talking about X, but, no. I mean, before here, okay, before here, where – Someone was given uh, an unfair preferential treatment where a boss gave preferential treatment to certain people, but not to everyone. Have you ever experienced that? That's tough, Brad. The only thing I could that, that would come close to that would be when I was in high school. And this is not even a job. This is the high school baseball team. I did not make the baseball team in high school. It wasn't very good. <laughs> but a football player made the team, and he had a broken wrist, and he didn't even try out because he was hurt. But the coach knew he was a good football player, so therefore he must be a good athlete. He must <sighs> be a good baseball player. So that's how he made the baseball team, because he was a good football player. Well, that, that is a great example of someone getting preferential treatment. But uh, And then, of course, someone just texted in and said, Toxic would be a miserable person who is nothing but... Negative, and that's a great definition of toxic. And, and, and I know people like that. I'm glad I don't work for them. But you know people like that too, who are just miserable. Uh, the glass is always half empty. It's never half full, and things are always a problem. Uh, never reaching towards some goal or, or moving towards something that's beneficial or enjoyable. It's always toxic, always negative, and that is a great, great definition. John from O'Fallon, Illinois, has called in. Hey, John, welcome to Camo X. Hey, Brad. Hey, listen, <clears throat> I'm, I'm retired. I'm older than you, and 
And my first job was in the 70s. I'm a blue-collar guy. And those bosses back then, when you were out, you know, you're a laborer, you're out. They MF'd you. They they were just, they, you know, they, they, they talked down. I mean, and we just took it for granted. It's just the way it was back then. And I don't know what these kids would do now. It's just, I mean, but, but, you well, know, I, what? I can it, tell you exactly, they, John, I can tell you exactly what they do. They hire <laughs> lawyers and file lawsuits. That's what they do. Brad, it made us stronger. It made us, it made our, I mean, we, we were better people because of it, you know, and it was, it, it really was, it was just a different world back then. Well, I, and, I, I hate to quote song lyrics, but I guess what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, huh? You're damn right. It does. It, it it did for me and did for my buddies, all all, all us union guys. So, uh, we, but so other than John, other than this idea where the the bosses would talk badly, would use coarse language. We don't need some specific examples of that because FCC rules would prohibit that. But but in, in other areas, in other areas though, John, were were the, were they good bosses? Did they motivate? Did they did it make you feel like you were um, not working in a good environment. Tell me about that. Brad, they were absolutely good bosses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, when it came down to it, I mean, if you screwed up, yeah, they're going to let you have it. They are going to let you have it. But at the end of the day, they knew what they were doing because they had to, because we were, you know, it, you know, we were working on stuff that was, you know, infrastructure and it was important. Sure, and in that environment, John, if if you're not doing it correctly, lives could be at stake. Absolutely. So, yeah. there, so you don't need a boss in that circumstance. That's that's a cuddler, or who's going to you know use cuddly terms. Uh, you need somebody that's going to make sure that the that the men and the women who are working there are working in a safe and productive environment. Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, they were hard on us. I mean, they were. I mean, they were hard. I mean, you know, it, it made me a better man because of it. Very good. Well, John, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hi, Brett. All right. Yeah. Good night. Uh, I had a boss one time, and this isn't toxic. I want to be very clear. It's not toxic. I didn't feel like it was a hostile work environment. It just showed, it really just showed the the, the gap of technology. Here's what I'm. Here's what I'm talking about. My very first law firm where I worked as an attorney. I worked as a law clerk a lot in law school, but the very first firm I worked at as an attorney. Uh, I was a computer nut then. I built. I already built more than one computer. Uh, I practically had tape on my glasses, and yes, I was a Star Trek fan. So I, I was a nerd. Okay, I admit it. I still am. So in, I, I went to work at this law firm, and the attorneys. This was before any attorneys had computers. This was in 1990. No computers for any of the attorneys anywhere that I knew of. And so the secretaries had word processors, but they were really, they were computers, but they just used them for, for putting black words on white paper. That's what law firms do. And so for a while, there was one of the secretarial workstations was empty because we were down a secretary. And so I was using that computer. I'd been using a computer all through law school. Uh, I'd already been on the internet. I was on the internet before Al Gore even invented it. And, and so I'm working at this computer and the senior partner in the law firm comes out of his 
palatial office. And he says, hey, Brad, c- come in here a minute. I go, okay, what do you need? So I walk in. He says, close the door. And I thought, uh-oh. So I, cl- I close the door. I sit down. And he says, now, Brad, listen. I saw you out there working on this computer. Now, you've got to understand, I know you've been a law student, but you're an attorney now. You're not a secretary. And computers, that's a secretary tool. That uh, compu- Computers aren't something that attorneys use. That's something that secretaries use. And you need to know the difference because you're an attorney now, and I expect you to act like one. And I said, okay, thank you. Anything else? And he said, no. So I opened his door, and I walked right out and walked right back to the computer and started working on it again uh, because that wasn't – that wasn't a toxic boss. That wasn't a horrible boss. That was an unenlightened boss. And that was a boss that did not uh, understand how technology is or, or would be revolutionizing the legal industry just like every other industry. In what industry does technology not play a major source today or a major ba- uh, basis today? There is nothing. Everything is impacted by technology. And this was a boss who simply could not understand, could not understand how technology could be used to make the legal product better. And so today, I I couldn't even envision practicing law today without computers. Uh, Literally everything I do, when, when our computers occasionally go down and I'm not able to get them back up, which is my job, uh, we have to bring in the outside help. We can't do anything until they're back online. And that shows you how that industry has changed. Some of the other things we're going to talk about in the next break as far as toxic bosses, uh, and we're not going to spend a lot more time on this, but uh, if you've got any other examples of toxic bosses, I would certainly like to hear it. 314-436-7900 on The Voice of St. Louis. Stick around. Horrible bosses. I hope nobody at at my law firm would say that I'm a horrible boss, but I guess sometimes you wouldn't know. Uh, Welcome back to At Your Service. I wanted to ask Matt Pajeski just one more question about this topic because I find this fascinating, uh, the topic. Evaluating leadership. Leadership has always been a a subject in which I'm, I'm very focused because leadership literally defines everything in our lives. Every position, everything that has to happen gets done through leadership, inspiring others to achieve greatness. That's the way it works. I mean, there are the occasional self-made people who are self-motivating, but by and large, even those folks are in the position of motivating others, even if they are not being motivated by someone else. So it's, it, all, it all gets down to leadership. So Matt Pajeski, I'm going to give you just this, this uh, A or B question here. Which of these two toxic characteristics or behaviors would you find most offensive to you? Either A, the boss takes credit for the ideas of others, or B, the boss assigns blame to others to protect himself or herself. They're both so bad, Brad. (laughs) Uh, I really, off the bat, I don't like the first one, taking credit for the ideas of others, because... 
that makes me want to work not as hard. If knowing that my hard work yes. may be uh, accredited to my boss, at the same time, assigning blame where it's not deserved is horrible. I, Brad, it's so tough. <laughs> and this makes me so glad that I don't have one of those bosses, and this yeah. makes me, you know, really uh, feel feel grateful for what I've got. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the first one. Just is stick, is okay. taking credit where it is not uh, deserved. But what in, in your mind? What? How does that impact an employee or a workforce from your perspective? If the boss takes credit for the ideas of others, and I'm looking at it from a leadership standpoint, how would that act be a disincentive for the employees to excel? Because they would have less motivation to excel, knowing that their uh, their accomplishments and their goals when they are met are not going to be recognized by that boss. Exactly. being stolen by whoever this horrible boss is. Exactly. You know, every research study that's ever been done shows that people are more motivated by positive factors like love, admiration, being encouraged, being fulfilled, all of those positive attributes. People are, are more motivated by that than they are by fear and retribution. And... And I just don't understand why someone would want to take credit for others or assign blame to protect themselves. All you're doing is causing division in the workforce, which decreases productivity. It reduces it, it reduces creativity. It's all negative. And yet we see this over and over and over again. Uh, I'm glad you haven't had to deal with that. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that I haven't had to uh, deal with that either. Hey, one thing, speaking of leadership, that I want to make sure and get to before uh, this hour is over is Henry Kissinger passed away today at the age of 100 years. And I've read, I've probably read three of Kissinger's books. My favorite of his books that I've read is a book called On China, where his analysis was so spot on. Because remember, Today, China is a thorn in the side of the United States and a thorn in the side of, of free countries everywhere. But back in the 70s, they were simply a reclusive country. They weren't a thorn in the side. They were reclusive. And there were concerns and fears that because of their reclusiveness, that, that war would, and in fact, a short war did break out with India uh, and with other countries. They weren't global in scale, obviously. They were more like skirmishes. But but the concern was is that we need to engage China, not separate it at, the, at that time of its development. And Henry Kissinger was the architect of that. And the in his book on China, the way that he analyzed and understood what the Chinese, the mindset of the Chinese people and the mindset of the Chinese government was profound. And there was a, you may have heard of Stephen Covey. He was, he was a motivational writer and a speaker who passed away several years ago. And he's probably best known for these, writing the book called Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And in that book, Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand then to be understood. And I don't know if Henry Kissinger ever approached 
China or his other diplomatic accomplishments from that perspective. But in his tome, and it's a big book on China. It's a it's as big as the country of China. It's a large book. But in that book, he shows the depth at which he sought to understand the Chinese mindset, the Chinese worldview, and how what goals China would want given their their existence over millennia. I mean, the country of China has been in existence for thousands of years. And over those thousands of years, China was the the preeminent country of Asia. And so it was only in the in the late uh, 19th and early 20th century did China not have that status of being a global world power. And so when Kissinger approached China in the 1970s, he did so with a full understanding of whom he was negotiating with. And I thought so much of that because even today, as we, as the United States deals with China as a peer nation, as a superpower, as a military rival, a diplomatic rival, uh, there was just a, a potential, almost a shooting match between China and the United States in the South China Sea just this week near Taiwan. And so there's constant, constant military engagements between the U.S. and China. And yet I go back, and I've gone back to, to Kissinger's book many times over the years, to glean his wisdom about understanding and condensing the Chinese mindset in order to understand how do we resolve issues diplomatically today. So uh, I thought Kissinger was a fantastic Secretary of State, and, uh, he, and he was an amazing man in terms of his intellect, in terms of his understanding of the world. He, he was advising countries as recently as October. I mean, talk about, we, we, we hear about people working into their 70s and 80s. He worked into triple digits. All right? You don't see that a lot today. And, and, and even though he, he looked bad and sounded worse, the, the mind was still there. And I'm going to miss Henry Kissinger, I think, uh, in our world today. If you think about the chaos in our world today, if you think about the things that divide us, both domestically and internationally, the thing that we need right now, I think more than at any other time since the Civil War, is ways to divide, or I mean, ways to devise systems to reduce conflict and ways to to get along with our neighbors, whether that's our neighbor across the street, our neighbor in the next subdivision, or our neighbor across the Pacific. And Henry Kissinger excelled at that. And if you want to learn about what it takes to develop ways to get along with anyone, and it may seem weird to say, read a book about China, how is that going to help me deal with my neighbor? Because the focal point is understanding your neighbor and through that, through that comes a reduction of conflict. Check it out, and Henry Kissinger will be missed. Coming up in the next hour, and one of the topics we've talked about a lot here on At Your Service is crime in the city of St. Louis. I've got good news on crime, and I've got better news about why crime is going down in the city of St. Louis. Brad Young, At Your Service, stick around. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.